reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. What gain have the workers from their toil? I have seen the busyness that God has given to everybody to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and present and future in their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in their toil. I know that whatsoever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. reading from the Gospel according to John. 
Very truly, I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come under judgment, but is passed from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and dead in the earth. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness through the mercies of Christ Jesus our Savior. Be our light in the darkness, O Lord, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ.
I will never forget the first time I visited the garden tomb outside the city walls of old Jerusalem. The vision of its emptiness, a space carved out of the negative, was full of the memory of resurrection. A stone bed lay smooth and untroubled, and at either end a rise in the stone brought to mind the linen cloths folded and rolled and the angels at the head and the foot of the place where the body had been. Images and echoes of the cherubim stationed beside the mercy seat, guarding the invisible and invincible presence of God, rendered in gold by human hands while the living God remained unrendered, but barely out of reach. Deeper into the city stands the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It is full of noise and color, shadows and light, telling the story of Christ and his passion in every language at once, through sight and the smell of incense and the press of pilgrim bodies and the smooth stone of the anointing, the small cave of mystery. The preacher of Ecclesiastes, poetically translated, observes that God has set eternity in the hearts of humanity. That's the New International Version. Otherwise, that God hath set the world in their heart. That was King James. God has opened our hearts, and if our hearts, then our minds and our spirits, and if our minds, then our imaginations, and if our imaginations, then our senses, to understand something, if not all, of eternity. Something, if not all, of the creative love that God has for us. Something, if not all, of the mystery of that love expressed through the incarnation, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's rendered in art and hidden in the heart of the quiet, empty tomb. John of Damascus, whom we remember this evening, argued fondly for the rendering of the image of Christ and of his Holy Mother in iconography and in image, and thank God for that. My imagination and the shelves of my office at church would be a lot emptier had he not. John's major work, The Fount of Knowledge, an exact exposition of the Orthodox faith, gives honor to the full and human incarnation of Christ as a worthy and wonderful means of God's self-revelation and redeeming love. He knew the value of mystery as well as anyone, despite his attempts to wrestle into a single book a systematic and sensible summary of all that his fathers in the faith had understood and worked out and ironed out and stamped with their approval regarding the nature, the substance, the persons, and providence of God. Honestly, a book that begins by defining five modes of philosophy and eight kinds of division and four aspects of the term individual is probably a little beyond my patience. But behind and beneath his erudition lies John's absolute delight in the revelation of God through creation, through philosophy and through humanity, and especially the incarnation. Why else would he choose to illustrate the property inherent in humanity, the image of laughter? Thus, he says, every man can laugh, and everything that can laugh is a man. John did not choose his words lightly. He must mean particularly that Jesus laughed and that his imagination of the Messiah goes deeper than his words can describe into the realms of humor and delight. While certain others of his day deplored the veneration of images and icons, citing the second commandment against the worship of graven images, John remembered that we ourselves are made in the image and likeness of God. On what grounds then, he asked, do we show reverence to each other unless because we are made in God's image for that delight and that laughter? 
As we love and show reverence to one another, that love and reverence is remitted beyond the image to the prototype, to God, so that in loving one another, we also fulfill our duty of loving God. And Christ has proved that point beyond doubt by his incarnation, becoming flesh with us, laughing and weeping, bearing his own image among us, laying down his body before us, his mother's arms gentling him into the manger and the swaddling clothes and the winding cloth. The world and eternity met in the heart of humanity, as Ecclesiastes foretold. There is danger, nonetheless, in rendering Christ in wood and ink, oil and water, his features flattened, pressed under the weight of our expectations and our experience. Mary's milky flesh lightened and whitened, the divine darkness artificially brightened with gilt and gold. There is the danger that instead of conforming our imaginations to Christ's likeness, we will attempt to fix him in ours. Even John, describing great mysteries, would have them explicated and enumerated just so. But Advent teaches us to keep our eyes open to the deepening shadows behind the frame, the absence between the angels, the emptiness that promises the fullness of eternity, the fullness of that which has yet to come to light. God has opened the heart of humanity to understand eternity but not all of it yet, from start to finish. The quiet solitude of the garden tomb set against the feast of the Holy Sepulchre brings to mind the holy absence of a beloved body at the holiday table, the image of a face fading from sight and memory, hope sitting heavy in the empty chair. There is comfort when grief attends the holiday feast in remembering the cherubim guarding the presence of God in the empty space between them, the pregnant life of resurrection rendered not in oil and water, but in space empty but for the shadows between the head and the foot. I'm glad that John and his cohort prevailed in the argument over icons and images in worship. My heart would be colder and my eyes emptier without them. And there is something to be said for remembering in this season, which contemplates all that we cannot yet see, the absence that promises that which is yet beyond our sight and our understanding, that there is yet a life to come in which all will be restored to the glory that God has created from the beginning, which will flood the heart and the sense of humanity with the full measure of the enormity of the love of Christ, incarnate, crucified, resurrected, risen, and yet to come again. Amen.
Confirm our minds, O Lord, in the mysteries of the true faith, set forth with power by your servant John of Damascus, that we with him, confessing Jesus to be true God and true man, and singing the praises of the risen Lord, may by the power of the resurrection attain to eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Let us say together the prayer number five on page three. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house of Without shall be no darkness or dazzling, but one equal light. No noise or silence, but one equal music. No fears nor hopes, but one equal possession. No ends or beginnings, but one equal eternity. And the habitations of thy glory and dominion, world without wish to welcome Rosalind Hughes, the rector of Church of the Epiphany in Euclid, and well known to the Trinity, uh, who has preached here many times, even in the time since I've been here, and haven't. I, this was the first time I had a chance to hear you. So blessings, and thank you very much for being here this, this evening. Please join us for dinner afterwards. I don't recall the, the, the soup. Who remembers it? It's chicken chili, praise the Lord. Be with us for that. Also a reminder that our Advent uh, retreat is coming up this coming Saturday. If you wish to join us, hope you'll register uh, online. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the peace of God which passes all our understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Amen.